Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. Okay, I didn't do my, oh, yeah. No, you now didn't. I feel better. Okay, and I'm Ira. <laughs> and this is Anti-Wave. <laughs> yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that are good and weird, not like all those empty Hollywood Hey boy movies. Um, that's real good, Robert. The reason you're saying that is because this week the movie we're discussing is Weird. The Weird what? Colon. Colon. Now this has a colon, not a comma. The Al right. Yankovic story. That's right. Weird. Al Yankovic story. Yeah. 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 Um, we and sound a little different for a few different why. reasons. Yeah. Um we thought that we would have a little bit of time apart. You and I. No, kidding. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm sick. I'm dying. I'm yeah, dying. And uh, I wanted to save Ira from getting sick. So you can probably hear it in my voice that I'm not doing well. But I thought I would rally and we would go ahead and record this uh, this week's episode because we saw the film and I was really excited to talk about this movie. Uh, maybe I'm tipping my hand a little early, but we are recording uh, remotely. So it's a remote. each one of us is I recording. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. what? How many miles away from you? about 12 miles away oh, but it, it only feels like inches yeah you know i should tell our listeners that i like being physically with you at the same time when we record because i i often hold your hand it's not my hand yeah okay hey that's um, a good Robert. again weird colon the al yankovic story and our top five this week is weird movies uh, Weird movies, not weird characters, but weird movies. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. It was our top yeah. five last week. Oh, that's right. Actually, yes. I say our, last our, week, our but you know, it's it's been a minute. I know. Three. I think we've had three so, weeks where well, we didn't record. I know. We've we've been busy, though. This is not for well, you, lack of... Um... Go ahead. Yes, we've been busy with other projects, and you, my friend, have been busy with babies, <laughs> triplets. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babies. But we ha we have been busy on. Um, I don't know if we should really get into. It. I don't want to reveal the topic right. of our next film, but we should say that we've been shooting a film. We and, have. Um, yeah. I'm I'm reluctant to tell the topic of the film because I'm afraid someone might steal the idea. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> that's a joke. I... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, I don't it's know. a documentary. Yes. It's a documentary about yeah. someone we all know quite well. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise. So, yeah. How, how, uh, yeah. So, Ira and I have been plucking away at this documentary, and uh, the past few weeks we've had to schedule shooting dates on Sundays, which is when we usually uh, record, but um, this week we decided to record a little bit early, so, and it's just, it's been it's been all over the place, so But the what, point what is, even though, even though Robert is sick as a dog we owe it to our listeners to be here for them. I'm and trying I'm rallying as best I can you're, you're rallying, you're doing a fine job, and I got your back, and what you're doing is noble, noble and right now, our three Ethiopians are smiling. Mm -hmm. I love those guys. <laughs> what are their names? Hasong, uh, uh, Nikau, and Gumblir. Gumblir gave me such a nice present for my birthday last year. So considerate. Yes. Yeah. He writes me emails every night. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what was our top five last week or last episode? Comma titles, comma titles. But you know, before I rattle off, we got. I love our listeners, don't you, Robert? I love that Mm. that they do this every week. They give us feedback and so on. I still need to say something to you, and it still makes me smile when we did do comma titles. And I think it was in your. I'm not sure it was in your top five, or maybe it was a scoop. But when you said twenty thousand leagues under the sea, and my reaction, like, well, commas usually separating words. But I thought it was, you're right, 20, comma, and then 1,000, zero, zero, yeah. zero. So that was a unique way to use a comma within numerals instead of words. I don't know why, but yeah. I, I was impressed with that. All right. All right. Are you ready for I'm some I'm glad that you appreciated that. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sharknado, colon. Um, the second one, comma, let's go kill some sharks. Wow. Uh, our That's esoteric a lot of said, is there is there an, is there an exclamation point at the end of that? Yes. So that one has a colon, a comma, and an exclamation mark. Wow. I don't think there's I... any other title to have all three punctuations. Well, certainly not any one that is as great as Sharknado. The I second know. one. I know. Yeah. Let's go kill some sharks. Exclamation mark. Let's go kill some sharks. All right. I know. Our esoteric listener said, I never realized that movies with commas are not very good. <laughs> and I had a hard time thinking of five. She wrote, three billboards outside Ebbing, comma, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was hush, hush, comma, sweet Charlotte. Hello, Dolly does have a comma. I wasn't sure, but it does. Mm. Monsters, Inc. does have a comma after Monsters. Nice, and nice, the Chronicles nice. of Narnia, colon, the lion, comma. The Witch and the Wardrobe. Oh, very good. Very clever. Serial comma. Our esoteric listener. One of our favorite listeners, she said, we mixed ours this time. She and her husband, they do this together. Me, comma, myself, comma, and Irene. Dude, comma, where's my car? Nice. The good, the bad, and the ugly that I had mentioned. Oh, very good. Because I love you, comma, man. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. It is. It is. Who who said that? Who said the comma movies are bad? There's a few good ones in here. That was esoteric listener, but however, the other they're rattling off movies that I think are respectable. Yeah. I think she was being funny. I don't know. We'll have to ask her. One of our faithful listeners came up with the following tie me up, comma, tie me down. Mm-hmm. Run silent, comma, run deep. To Wong Fu, these, these comma. Sound, these sound like porno movies. Tie me up, tie me down, run silent, run deep. Well, tie me up, tie me, yeah. You're familiar with these, aren't you? I don't think I've seen them, but I know of them. Yeah, I know run silent, run deep. I think that's a submarine movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, silent and deep. I Either know about that or it's that person's really into some butt stuff. Yeah. To Wong Fu, comma, thanks for everything, comma, Julie Newmar. Are you familiar with that, Robert? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I've never heard of that movie before. Right, I've never... Yes, you have. You've never seen it, but you know of it. I actually saw it in the theater. Did you really? I always had yeah. a crush on Julie Newmar. And, you know, I saw her. I saw her at a cocktail party. And I went up to her and I said, I've always had a crush on you, Julie Newmar. I think she That's gets kind that of a, a bold thing for you to do. You don't it really was. It's not my spirit at all. Hand. I just mustered up the energy to say that you're right. It's typically not very Ira-like. Yeah, but um, I think she hears that a lot. Usually, you wait for say, Julie Newmar to come over to you. Yes, 
I wanted to say to Julie Newmar, I used to masturbate to you, but I think that would have been inappropriate at a cocktail party. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I think she probably would have appreciated it. She probably would have said, uh, let's let's rub one out together. And you know, she would have taken off her pants. That seems yeah. much more likely. Julie Newmar. Our favorite listener went on to say, good morning, comma, Vietnam. There was a movie oh, nice. called As Above, comma, So Below. I'm not familiar with that. As Above, So Below. Yeah, As Above, So as Below. Above, as above, so be- and then it, I'm not familiar with this. I thought he was being funny, but he told me he's not. Have you ever heard of Michael Bolton's big, comma, sexy Valentine's Day? I have heard of it. But have I, you? I, yeah, but is this, it's like a performance thing, right? Oh, is that it? Oh, you're right. It's a special. So that doesn't count. Yeah. Well, we said some stand-up comedies. We've included them with our yeah. other podcasts. I think it um, counts. I just, I've never seen it. Right. Uh, then he but said I guess the if cook... you're really into Michael Bolton, then I guess that would really, I guess that would float your boat. He's kind of weird, you know, Michael Bolton. In what way? He seems very expressionless. He seems like an, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to have lunch with him. I don't know if I'd want to have lunch on it. On what? On who? With who? Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. The cook, comma, the thief, comma, his wife, comma, and her lover. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that fairly recently. And a new listener, a new listener said planes, comma, trains, comma, and automobiles. You like, you saw that recently, right? I think I said that, didn't I? Oh, was that on your list? I think it was. Was it? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was and my number wrote, one. See, see, was it your number one? No, it wasn't. I think so. Yeah. See yeah. no evil, comma hear no evil. So we yeah. thank our listeners for their feedback. Fun little story about see no evil, see no evil, hear no evil. When I was a little kid, that movie came out, and I wanted to watch it really badly. My mom let me watch it, but there was so much swearing in the movie that yeah. I never got to finish it. She turned it off because she was like, oh, "This is." You know, these potty mouth performers or whatever, and so she made me stop watching it. Richard Pryor was like dropping an f bomb every other word. Never so, are you it. saying to this day you haven't seen the rest of the movie? I think at one point I might have gone back and watched it, but in my mind, it's yeah. still I don't know what happens at the end. Hmm. Got it. Yeah. We think I'm, I'm also really sick, so you know if I'm saying some weird stuff, that's why I'm yeah. blaming it all on the delirium. You know, Robert, I kind of like it when you get weird like this. It's a whole other side to well, you. If there's one episode for me to start getting weird, it's this one. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a good tie-in. That's a good tie-in. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, Robert, talk us through it. Well, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, is a 100% true, um, no-exaggeration biopic about Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it traces his uh, his beginnings in the the film industry. Actually, there's obviously a lot of parody that's happening in this, but um, <clears throat> there are some things that are actually quite true about uh, about his life that are included in the film. Should point out, I guess, before we get too far, this is actually yeah. based on one of my favorite short films, which was <clears throat> excuse me, a trailer that was made about ten years ago. Um, which I've shown to you before. Do you remember me showing you the the trailer for this with uh, with uh, what's his name from Breaking Bad, um, Aaron Paul and um, Olivia Wilde is in it, and 
uh, Patton Oswalt is in it. There's all these people that were in the original trailer, and it was like a just like a parody of what was. Do you remember this? Do you remember me showing you this? Uh, vaguely. Now is this the trailer you. that Al showed yeah, in is... his concert? No. Well, no. Maybe okay, he did. He, he might have shown that. He might have shown that because it's only. Uh-huh. It's only like two or three minutes long, and so I think sometimes when he needs like a co- a costume change, he'll show little clips. And so, um, you know, I think he was showing some of this beforehand. But anyway, I know I've showed you because we, when we watched, uh, oh, what's the 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 Queen biopic, the Freddie Mercury one? What was that called? Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, is that what it was called? Wait, help me out here. Which biopic are you talking about? The Queen one, the one about Freddie Mercury, wasn't that Bohemian oh, Rhapsody? Oh, uh, sure, that was called um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Thanks, Ira. But when we were watching that one, I remember showing you the Weird Al short and saying, "Look, this is everything that's in the Weird Al short. He's already parodying all of this. Like everything that happens in in this movie is being parodied." already and they're still making this movie it's it's just it's we've seen it a million times it's still right for parody so anyway um well but you know this i think is going to compliment what you just said here on wikipedia a fake trailer for a satirical biographical film was produced uh by apple for funny or die yankovic showed the trailer at his concerts which drew fans questioning when the full-length film would be made because that's it right yeah, I don't think anybody actually thought when they're going to make it, but I think yeah. after a period of time, it was kind of like, well, why not? Let's try to make one, and they they did, and they're, I think they they said, well, we should use some real, um, you know, real true to life things that happened in Al's history as we're making this film. So, for example, um, how he learns to to play the accordion he really did buy an accordion from a traveling salesman. A traveling salesman came by and sold him an accordion and lessons. And so he would come back all the time, like each week and teach him how to play the accordion, which is bizarre. I know. I know. There actually is an article I was reading online. It says the whole movie is not fictitious. Here are the following elements that are true. That really happened. Yes. And that was one of them. But you know, obviously, there's a they have a lot of fun with you know his his '80s cult status and how much how do how do we describe this, Ira? Like how how influential he was in the '80s, and the, the movie really makes him seem as if he was a cultural like uh, bedrock of the 1980s. Right. Really, he was mo- more of a fun footnote. Right. Right. However, but don't get me wrong. I mean, to a young to a young ten year old uh, Robert Cannon, he was a god among men. He was fantastic. Right. I mean, but speaking to that point, I also want to say that so many people who put out novelty songs have one or two hits, and that's it. They fade away. Right. Right. He's remained in the public consciousness for decades. That's a, a fair statement to make. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think yeah. he I mean, really the con- you struggled went for that. Didn't you go last year to see him live? You went, didn't you? I, how many times have I seen him in concert? Is yeah, yeah. 
So that's the amazing thing about him. I mean, because we've seen other parodies, you know, and with the Monster Mash right. stuff like that, and they're a one-hit wonder. They might have one album, maybe even two albums, and that's it. And then they yeah. fade away into obscurity. This guy has been relevant for decades. Well, and I I know that you know because I know enough about him to know that after I think of his third album, um, he was really very disappointed with the the sales it was looking like this is not going to go anywhere and he was kind of like all right well i had a really good run and uh you know that's kind of it and then he did one more album and it wound up snagging you know again it wound up really getting a lot more uh focus and attention and i think he when he started parodying michael jackson again when he did fat i think that was his big breakthrough and i think he was so He's also so nice. He's such a nice person and everyone yeah. loves him. Yeah. But I think um I think that also helped him stick around. I think he's also you know, he's someone who's he he's a man of his word. You know, I think he I, I don't know if you know much about his recording contract, but he signed like a twelve deal, a twelve record deal with his uh record company back in the eighties. And he could have sued to get out of that contract and made a lot more money if he had but mm. he was like no this is not right i signed the contract i need to to own up to it and so he just stayed with the record contract and it wasn't until um, a few years ago that he finally delivered his last album and was like okay i'm now free i don't have to abide by that contract anymore and you know and what's interesting you really think about that I, yeah go ahead yeah i'm not surprised to hear that you can feel yeah. that from him when he performed yeah even though it's satirical and it's shtick that you can feel that deep down, he's really a good guy. Yeah. 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 That's not surprising. And also, I mean, they, they build themselves, the band builds themselves as the most punctual band in show business. Like they, if you go see a show, <laughs> I mean, they, if, if it says they go on at eight, they're already into a song by eight Oh one. Like they're, I love it. they're I love on it. eight. Yeah. Yeah. And they keep a real tight, clock and they're just like this is what we're doing and we're gonna stay right on schedule yeah cool as it and, should you know didn't didn't drink for a really long time um just very very rarely does drink now um was was he did eat meat but now he's a vegetarian i mean just very interesting he's very principled i guess that's what i'm trying to say yeah yeah nice so, anyway the movie the film, um, and the itself yes if we should say what did you think of that well i okay often robert and i watch a movie together this time we watched it separately and not only did we watch it apart from each other i watched it by myself i was totally alone laughing out loud yeah and that speaks about this movie and again just to be clear the movie is a biopic parody it makes right. fun of that whole, that's what I want to get across here, that it makes fun of biopics and it goes through all the cliches imaginable. It, it talks about, you know, how um, turning on his bandmates and, and drinking alcohol and having a car crash that, that almost killed him and that his mom and dad don't understand him and his pop was real mean to him, didn't want him to have the accordion, was embarrassed and lashed out at his son and then, of course, we find out the father's backstory, which was hysterical, that he was right. living in the Amish community, and he played the accordion when he was a young kid right. and was ridiculed, and he doesn't want his son 
Weird Al to go through that same torture that he went through. It was so wonderfully cliche, the stuff of biopics, and the whole thing was, even though there were true elements, it was done with a wonderful wink. I think one of the other things, too, is that um, I think you, I mean, the, the part that really made me laugh the most, I think, like the best gag was there were constantly these little references being made to things that happened in the 80s that if you're too young and you don't know very much about the 80s, you might believe that this is actually the way that it went down. Like, I could imagine people thinking that Madonna and Weird Al dated. I mean, he did do one of her songs. So, you know, I could imagine there being some people out there that are like, oh, no, they actually dated. (laughs) Of course not. Freaking each other but also i mean probably the best gag in the whole movie and i I guess i am ruining part of it but if you're this far you've probably seen the movie it's free on roku so go check it out if you haven't already heard it but probably the best gag is uh where he writes his original song he decides no more parodies i'm gonna write my own original song and that's gonna be that and it's called eat it and so he writes it and then Right before he releases it, Michael Jackson comes up with a parody called Beat It. Yes. And he's yeah. furious at this. And he's like, what is it even about? And they're like, I don't know. It's something about like trying to beat people up in the alleyway. I don't, I don't really know. But anyway, the point is he parodied your song. And he's, who even does that? Who even changes all the words? Like he's outraged that someone has parodied his very serious song, Eat It. Robert, I laughed out loud at that beat, comma, get it, beat, at that beat, where, yeah, yeah, he wrote the original song, and damn that Michael Jackson, he ripped me off, that obviously flipping the way it really went down. I thought that was really, really clever. I liked this movie a lot. I thought it was very, very funny. Again, the parody biopic, I found it to be over the top. Parts were silly. It was cliche. It was formulaic, because it was supposed to be. And it was quite sweet, too, and unexpected, I think you often use that term, it zigs when it zags. I mean, the ending, like, oh my God, the ending out of the blue is just so witty and funny Yeah, and laugh out loud. I really enjoyed it. I think, um, I mean, I I obviously have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a great performer. And the fact that he stayed relevant for so long. And I, I also, I think I've said this before when we watched, we reviewed UHF a long time ago on this podcast. I think that was uh-huh. a birthday film that I had. I think it was one of your favorites. And I, I said it. I think I said it then, and I, I'll say it again now. I think Weird Al is one of only a handful of people that really is a unifier in this country. Like, he's not political. Like, he definitely tries to stay out of politics. I think if you read between the lines, you might be able to figure out some of his politics. But he doesn't, um, doesn't get political and tries to stay clear of that stuff. Tries to maintain the image that he's kind of built for himself and i think everyone really likes him you know there's hardly anybody that doesn't like him and i think the only other person that really falls into that same category is dolly parton i think everybody likes dolly parton agreed absolutely it doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight or old or young everybody likes dolly and everybody likes by the way, did you yep. hear that uh, Dolly Parton won, or she she yes. received $100 million? Yes. I Jeff read about Bezos? that this morning. Yeah. 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 How about that? She, and she's giving she it has to, to give it to, well, that's the deal, is that he gives her $100 million that she can give to whatever charity she wants. Right. 
How about that? Pretty cool. Well, I think he yeah. picked the right person to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Robert, I want to talk about uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who, who plays the part of Weird Al. He was Wait, that really... wasn't Weird Al? What? 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 It wasn't Weird Al? Well, that wasn't was Weird Al? Really... Wasn't he? Well, he played the part of Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't Weird Al? Well, uh, no. You're saying that was an actor? It was an actor who played the part of Weird Al. I'm sorry. Perhaps never, that never mind. Never. Yeah. Are you on? I don't. We all yeah, know Daniel Radcliffe sick. is are great. You, are, are you on a morphine drip or something? I, I wish. I wish it was on a morphine drip. <laughs> hey, Daniel Radcliffe was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And he really um, was. And Madonna uh, played by Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood was fantastic. Yes. I mean, Nailed Madonna so She got well. the mannerisms down. Yeah. Almost cartoonish, but not quite. It was really good. And I also loved Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. Yeah, he was great too. Everybody was so yeah. good. Everyone was so good. I, you know, one of the things I really liked was the uh, the pool party scene where you got to see all of these 80s um, kind of like cultural misfits that were all at the same party. Um, you know, Gallagher and Pee Wee Herman and Frank Zappa and like all of these kind of just cultural weirdos that all happen to be at the same party together. So yep. good. You know, that obviously you're taking my money shot away from me, but that whole sequence, by the way, I was reading up, it was shot here in the San Fernando Valley in Tarzana. Um, having all those misfit characters at one location. And yeah. it, maybe we can say that they're people that Weird Al kind of related to or admired and they were all there not the actual people but actors playing the part and it was so good i mean d d divine people that you wouldn't expect to see right. and it was, right. it was just i mean i was watching it my mouth fell open all these it went on and on with all these people we've known Wolfman and jack and elvira and everything yeah 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 oh but i love it know, like it was the that was the cast of weirdos and you know, they, they're as if like there's a, a secret club to be part of with the, the cast of weirdos and they're meeting Weird Al for the first time. It's such yes. a great, like, it, it's a metaphor of sorts as well. Like, you know, it, it was being, it was parody and it was funny, but there is a little bit of truth to that too, which is you, you've joined this group of parody, club. yeah, club of weirdos yes. and... You know, you, you think you're going to be the next big king of the weirdos? I don't think so. And then sure enough. You know. Yeah. By the way, also at that pool party, we should mention um, Gallagher was there. Yeah. 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 And he's doing great. Mm -hmm. Well, He's doing great. Yeah. Well, the person who who played the part, yes, but it wasn't really Gallagher. But, right, you know, Gallagher, but the Gallagher real Gallagher is doing awesome right about now. We'll, we'll get to that later when we talk about the uh, <clears throat> dead corner. You what? didn't know? <laughs> oh no! More morphine for my buddy. I love this film, and obviously you did too. Yeah, it was over the top. It was silly. It was and it was meant to be formulaic. And the whole thing—it was such a clever idea to do a parody of a biopic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So. I, I, yeah. Was it, what's your money shot? 
I have a few. I have a few. You already stole one of mine. Obviously, the pool party. You know what, too, Robert? I like the first time he heard his song on the radio. And we yeah. saw a scene very much like that in That Thing You Do. And That Thing You Do running through the streets and going to the laundromat. But here, they were like goofing on each other and really happy. And I, I was quite moved by that. And, um, and the third one for me is the interaction with Madonna where she shows up. And um, it was very, very funny. And obviously, she wanted him uh, so that he would make a parody of her songs and her songs would be more popular, which I read, Robert, is actually true that a lot of artists who were successful said that their songs, their original songs, got a bump in the number of units sold when the parody came out. Yeah, I think that's um, that's very true. I mean, Weird Al was talking about that, that, um, uh, that Nirvana had a Yankovic bump. That they did, they sold another million copies after. That's uh, what I was reading. This parody. That's the example they gave. How about that? How about that? But those were three of my my money shots. What, what, what do you have? Well, obviously the pool scene is very memorable, um, but I think the scene that I I really focused on, I really enjoyed a lot, was when he and his friends are hanging out in the apartment at the beginning, and he starts making a sandwich for everyone and we we hear my sharona on the radio and he starts <laughs> realizing his talent and it's just a very slow like we, we can see the pieces falling into place and he starts to perform yes. my bologna for the first time and that's such a it was such a magical moment and like the, his friends react with like oh i've got chills you know like that he really has wowed them with his his changing of the words from my Sharona to my Bologna. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing yeah. that was, um, that was really funny was how, like when they played their first performance, he goes out there by himself and then his friends come up and they start playing instruments behind him to support him. And they run off stage. And he's like, you guys didn't tell me that you could play instruments. And they said, Oh, it didn't seem really relevant until now. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's, he's looking for a band so great there's these little little comments yeah. and just throwaway yeah. lines that are so good yes i am so with you on the my bologna and besides it being funny it was that aha moment yeah where the wheels are turning and yeah. he just he gets it he knows what he's going to be doing and it, the whole audience knows what he's going to his signature for the rest of his life as a, as a recording star it was and daniel radcliffe moment. was really great in that scene as well yeah yeah Everyone was terrific in this movie. I'm, I'm looking at yeah. all the people who were in it. They were all Jack Black as Wolfman Jack. You know, that was yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda. He was the doctor, right. the ER yeah. doctor. The, these people wanted to be in it. This was a delightful film. Laugh out loud. And um, I loved it. I loved this movie. Is it anti-wave? I know. I'd like you to go first on this one, please. Well, I mean... Or if you're sick, go for it. If it is, if it isn't anti-wave, see, I don't know, because it's a parody. I know, I know. You know, it's like, it has to abide by some of these rules, but it's doing it tongue-in-cheek. It's aware of what it's doing. It's almost like its own, like, outside the scope of anti-wave scale. It's just like, it, how do you even measure it? I don't, I don't even know where to put it. 
I so agree with your grovel. I didn't know how to respond to the question either. And I like the fact that we're both having trouble defining if it's anti-wave or not. And on my notes here, I just put down a big question mark. And that's why I thought I'd let you go first on this one. It's, it doesn't really fit in the parameters of, on our anti-wave scale, does it? I think on a scale from one to 10, I would give it a question mark. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I literally wrote a question mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that bizarre ending where he's in the concert and it's packed with people and all of his fans and he's assassinated. He's shot and killed. That's right. <laughs> that's anti-wave, but it was unexpected and funny. I mean, I guess if we have to give it a number, it's got to be more anti-wave than it isn't because they're doing essentially a biopic about someone and not telling the truth. Right, right. So if you want to define it that way, then it would, then you're hovering towards like a, a six. Kind of. I don't know. Kinda. I was struggling yeah. with this. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't know where to put it. I love it. I love it. Question mark. That's what I'm giving it. I'll give it a question mark too. Love this film. Okay, like it's, it's our rules. We don't, we don't have to do anything. Hmm? It's our mm -hmm. rules. It's our show. We don't have to do anything. It's our rules. It's our show. We never do whatever the fuck we want. And again, like Robert said, it's streaming for free on Roku. And you know what, Robert? The commercials didn't bother me. No, they were pretty fast, actually. There was like they, they were, they a 30-second commercial every few, every 20 oh, minutes or so. Yeah, something yeah. wrong with that. It was terrific. I enjoyed watching it on Roku. Good. All right, man. Uh, what movies did you see this week? Ah. But Robert... Before we get into that segment, is someone like responsible for this segment? Uh, maybe GearGuy.com. I'm dying. What does he do? AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring <laughs> your non-digital media to digital media. This is all of your old home movies, your slides, your negatives. Send those over to AVGearGuy.com and he'll transfer them for you so you can put them up on the internet. That's it. He's a great guy. We're both clients of his, both Robert and myself. He has state-of-the-art equipment, and he's extremely reasonably priced, less expensive than Costco. He's a, and we enjoy working with him. And if you mentioned Anti-Wave Podcast, you get a 5% discount off of what's stated on his website, avgearguide.com. All right. Okay. Summer old, summer new. We now present the weekend review. You want to go first? Um. Yeah, I'll go first. It's not going to take very long. I haven't seen a whole lot, but I did. There's one thing that I um. I'll mention a couple really quickly. Um, I did watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which I hadn't seen oh, in a really boy. long time. Yeah. How was how did how did that hold up? Pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I, I. Some of those movies from that era oh. seem really dated. And I feel like that this is one that could have gone really south. It could have felt really bad, but um, mm -hmm. but it didn't. It felt okay. So yeah, that's hold, that holds up really nice. Um, I yeah, can, yeah. I, I could Rain watch it again. Falling on my head. Oh, sorry. That did feel out of place, though. It, it did. Felt, did it. It's like, why is this song in here? This feels like a very modern song, and it's like this is a period yeah. film from the late 1800s what's going on right and he's riding the old bicycle you know yeah you know. like i did mm -hmm. not understand what the raindrops keep falling on my head song was doing in the middle right. of the movie right right um 
but then I also um I also watched uh the Dahmer series. So uh-huh. you've heard about this, right? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I've I've stated a long time ago that I don't really I don't like these kinds of shows because I feel like they glorify serial killers and it's like basically making making this person who did these awful things into a celebrity. That's right. And I watched the first probably three or four episodes and I started feeling really bad and I was like, oh, this is more the same and I kind of stopped and I talked to a friend of mine. He said, you really need to finish the series. And I did. And I have to say that the last half of the series did a much, much better job of, of tampering those concerns down. Um, really? They started doing episodes, like entire episodes on the victims and really letting us know who they were and, um, you know, how their lives were, you know, what trajectory the, these lives were on before he killed them. And, you know, the, the, the people who live next door to him and he, I don't know if you know this, but he, he got in fights with his neighbors and he had made one of his neighbors a sandwich and she thinks that it had human meat in it she's like she's pretty convinced that she ate human meat oh because he like as a peace offering he came over and brought her a sandwich and it's all of the impact that he had on the rest of the community other than other than just him just his his story it's and his dad and, and the neighbors and all of these families that were just totally wrecked because of his actions. Yeah. And I really could appreciate that a lot more. I thought this was probably the most responsible way to, to do what they're trying to do. Wow. So, so you felt, you felt less, less dirty. It wasn't as, um, yeah, I felt like by the end of it, I mean, or, yeah. One of the things that I'd, I had heard about before, um, and they made a big deal about it here, was that the, the families of the victims... No, no, okay. When when they pulled all of that stuff out of his apartment, not long after that, the city bought the building and then condemned it. They tore it down. So the, the building is just an empty lot now. And the people who lived there wanted a park built on that site dedicated to the the families and the, the victims and kind of as a way to memorialize them yeah and that started in the in the mid 90s this effort to try to get this park built and they still don't have a park and it's been hmm. however long and they're just kind of like yeah fuck off like we're not really interested in doing that i'm, I'm hoping that this spawns some movement on that and kind of um there's more of a discussion about the victims and of of any sort of of these crimes but like how they uh, like basically what what do we owe them as a culture like what do we what do we owe them when this kind of tragedy hits them Mm -hmm. i don't know i think a park is probably the least of our uh, obligations we probably owe them a little bit more but I guess my concern is just like when you, when you depict a, a movie of a serial killer like this, whether it's Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy or 
um, you know, any of these serial killers. Why are you doing it? I felt like this actually had a point, whereas a lot of times it just seems like, oh, yeah, it's because it's a, a serial killer. And can you believe all the people that they killed and they got away with it and they were psycho? OK, we know all that stuff. And it, seems, it tends to be glorification of it. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. Got it. What about you? What'd you I'm watch? Sure. I saw a lot, but I'm going to narrow it down to just a couple of things. First of all, I want to play um, a quotation game with you, which we've done before, because it ties into a movie that I watched. You ready for the quote? Yeah, go for Don't it. Don't fuck with me, fellas. Do you know what movie that's from? No. You don't? Don't fuck no. with me, fellas. No. It's a female who's from. It. Don't know. What is it? Oh, okay. And it's um, when uh, Joan Collin, um, it's when, oh, that's right, with Pepsi. Pepsi Cola, she's on the board of directors. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about with Faye Dunaway starring in uh, Mommy Dearest. Uh, and when was she that takes Faye Dunaway? Over, oh, Faye Dunaway starred in the movie. Um, Mommy. Mommy Dearest. I, I was thinking, what's the... Um... Keep talking, and I'll, I'll tell you the movie I was thinking of. Oh, what? Well, keep talking? Okay. Yeah, this is the part where you talk, Ira. Oh, okay. Then I'll go on. You know what? I saw also a documentary that I liked a real lot. The Sound of 007. And it was a documentary about the music in all the James Bond movies. And the music really has been an, a crucial element in all the films, starting with, you know, Shirley Bassey, uh, to like Billy Irish, didn't she do the most recent one? And yeah. they talk a lot about the main score. As you know, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. John Barry uh, did not write that main theme, but he he breathed life into it. He had a lot of brass instruments, and mm -hmm. uh, -da -ba -da -ba. it was really cool. And they interviewed people like Shirley Bassey and Billy Irish and Paul McCartney. Remember, he did uh, Live and Let Die and so on. It was a real good documentary right. on the music. Uh, of 007 so I saw that too anything else got it that's all just those two movies okay yeah well and by I the mean, way Joan Crawford I meant to say Joan Crawford the biopic of Joan Crawford Mommy Dearest starring Faye Dunaway that was the movie I saw and that was the great quote don't fuck with me fellas where the board is trying to push her aside and mm. she will let me do it okay anyway that's what I saw this week Boom. I mean, it's not very many movies. I figured you would have watched a lot more. Oh, you want me to mention another one? No, it's fine. I just, <laughs> I, I just didn't think that it would be so few. Oh, there, there are more, a few. You know, I, I'm waiting for a rhyme, but you're not going there, are you? So fused. You fused. You, you wanted me to have it was too fused. Yeah, <laughs> too fused. Yeah, I could have had more. And you're right, it is a little bit too fused. But you know what, Robert? We didn't move on because it's time for In the News. Perfect. Come on, huh? One of my better ones? Yeah. Ace. Hey, uh, you heard the latest with... Uh, so, Paul Haggis. I got three things to share with you. Point number one, Paul yeah. Haggis. You're familiar with him, right? Yeah. I did a little bit of research on him. He's been in the news lately. Not for a particularly good reason. But I didn't realize that he wrote Crash... He wrote the screenplay to Million Dollar Baby. He wrote Casino wait, no, Royale. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Yeah. I'm 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 being serious here because I've I've been in baby world and I've been in I, I'm oh. sick world. So I don't. What's what's he been in the news for lately? Oh, he's been in the news because he raped someone in 2013. Okay, I was gonna say to get yeah. me too. Right, and then you said he wrote he wrote Crash. He wrote so Crash. I'm gonna, hold, hold on one second. Hold on, let me just finish my question. Are you? I'm are you hold, hold on. Is this? I'm assuming you're not talking about the David Cronenberg Crash. You're talking about the one that no. was up for the Oscar that everyone was yes. like, "This should not yeah. win." Yeah. Yes. Okay. And okay. I didn't Carry know on. he was so prolific yeah so you're i'm glad you're fact checking me you're like snoops robert you're like my own personal snoops. crash I, million I dollar baby clarification i know casino royale the remake quantum of soul solace he, he wrote those and it back in 2013 he raped a woman and it was settled this week uh in court for 7.5 million dollars and uh so that's what happened to paul haggis in the news doesn't it but seem like <clears throat> Uh, hold on wait 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 i have yeah. a question here doesn't yeah, it yeah, seem yeah. like if you rape someone yeah and then and then they make you pay seven million dollars isn't it no longer rape it's just forced prostitution i love you even when you're sick <laughs> that might be my only job for today i i i want i want it was 10 years ago it was in 2013 you know it's like, hey, you know, you you are not allowed to dip your dick in this for free. You have to pay for it. We're going to make you pay a lot because you didn't pay for it up front. It's, it's you know, all forced our, prostitution. Are, are turning off the podcast right now because of that. <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah, yeah. I, I had mixed feelings about it, and it because it was 10 years ago. At any rate, she got $7.5 million. Would you call it forced so, prostitution instead of rape? Is forced prostitution. Well, yeah, it's like, well, now they're making yeah. them pay, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so now it's like, okay, well, yeah, it's like they're they're making him pay for the sex. Yeah, yeah. That's very funny. Anyway, that's first one item. Another item. Yeah. Well, what do you know? Alec Baldwin is suing Rust. Do you know about this? No. Yes. It's been in the news the last two days <laughs> because of mental duress, mental oh, really? anger. He's been on a difficult journey ever since he murdered the cinematographer. And so he's actually suing them. And there's been a lot of talk about this. Talk radio is going a flutter on this. And 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 I know we talked broached this before. And do we blame Alec Baldwin for what happened? Yes. Um, is that yes, we do. Yeah. Even though the armorer, what's the person called? Armorer, armorer. Yeah. The person in charge yeah. of armor. She, she probably had that. some. She probably had some blame too. But do we so do we have to blame guy. one person? I think right. there's a real, real problem with that logic. I think we as humans tend to. We tend to want only one culprit. We want one person responsible. And whoop, sorry about that. We want one person responsible, and I don't. I don't think it works out like that. You know, it's not just one person responsible for a lot of things. Right. So the armorer could be responsible, and Alec Baldwin. I think Alec Baldwin is probably most responsible. The AD is responsible too. I think everybody played a part in it. The armor armorer did say it's a cold gun. 
meaning no bullets. But, mm, I uh, think that was the, the first AD that said that. Director, yeah. Well, but then again, there's that rule of thumb. Any real gun, whether loaded or not, you never pointed at anyone, let alone pull the trigger. Right. And yeah, Alan Baldwin has been so adamantly anti-gun. And yeah, I, you know, I know. I mean, he's, he should become more familiar with gun safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, mental duress. Mental duress. He's suing the... And as you know, they're back in production, right? In January, they're going to continue filming. And, uh, and he's suing them. I, I wonder if all of this is like just escapes to get out of lawsuits and insurance purposes and things like that. I'll bet that's yeah. what a lot of this is. It's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, we need to get back into production so that the widowed husband can make a bunch of money off of the movie. And then, you know, and he, he can own the rights, but then I'm going to sue the production so that, you know, I'm not held liable or something like that and his insurance right. is going to cover a lot of the stuff and you know what else it's good publicity for the movie probably i mean as if the movie needs more publicity as if it needs more right right hey one more thing um you sent me a text a few days ago i think you did uh the Oscar, the new oscar host uh jimmy kimmel yeah, yeah jimmy kimmel I, I fired back a text to you robert and said yeah too, too bad he's never been in a movie. <laughs> Does it bother you that the host of the Oscars has not been in a film? No. No, I don't. That, that, it's bothered you because you've mentioned it before. Um, it bothers me more when they get unfunny people like Wanda Sykes to host the Oscars. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Um, it bothers me more when they don't have a host at all. So right. does it bother me on a minimal level? But, you know, I, I do think that they should uh, they should just go get Steve Martin out of, you know, whatever retirement he's slipping into and be like, hey, you yeah. and Martin Short, last thing you, you guys are going to yeah. do before you retire, host this thing one more time or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Just get some old school yeah. people who we all love. Everybody in America can start to unify around and just start doing this thing the right way instead of. Right right doing this like super woke bullshit right uh previous hosts obviously for the most part have been in movies whether you know whether it's Whoopi goldberg uh, billy crystal uh, and steve martin like you said they've appeared in movies even going all the way back to bob hope when he used to host and he never won an oscar and he would always make fun of himself for that but he was in lots and lots of movies and it just felt like it was more organically connected for me well, I guess the the trade-off is that I would say that at least Jimmy Kimmel interviews these people on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he has a relationship with them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, at any rate, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel will be hosting again. And, and he so. was in a movie. I mean... He was. I mean, I'm looking at his... Uh, at his imdb right now he's actually been in a few movies but he was in wow. the um yeah i didn't know yeah uh he was i knew he was in the um oh, what's that movie where they it's a movie that you would i think you would like it's um it's a movie where they oh windy city heat and it was it's like you know how borat is like a um you know he's like fucking with everybody the entire time like he's sure pretending to be somebody that he's not 
with Windy City Heat, they they take this guy and convince him that he's going to be the star of uh, of a movie, and everybody around is in on the gag except for him. And so they the movie gets like super dangerous. He doesn't realize that he's perfectly safe, but you know he thinks that you know he's going to be hurt, and they make him do all these ridiculous things like you know different costumes that don't fit and stuff like that that you know that he thinks he's won this incredible prize of being in this movie but it gets worse and worse and worse and so he was in that movie and that was in 2003 well let me well, just let me rattle off all, all the movies that he was in okay yeah so he, he jimmy kimmel played spanky in the garfield movie um he was in Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, but I think he played himself. Mm-hmm. He was in Project X, but again, I think he played himself. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie. Did you ever see Project X? No, no, I didn't. About a bunch of boys who have like a crazy house party that gets out of control. Hmm. He was in Smurfs 2. He was in... Well, these are animation, right? These are... He did the voice. Is that right? Yeah, he was in Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> he was in Ted 2. Um, he was in Boss Baby. He was in Sandy Wexler, the... Um, the uh, What do you call it? The uh, Adam, Adam Sandler movie. He's been... Well, Robert, you did a good status. job of throwing your party, your, your partner under the bus. Here I'm well, you, I didn't do my research. You, I did not my homework you, i just assumed you didn't need any help with that you were already throwing yourself under the bus he was also <laughs> in boss baby 2 he was in paw patrol the movie um so yeah he's been in a okay, bunch of stuff okay, we get it we get it he was in titanic um <laughs> he, yeah he played the boat <laughs> the point is he was in some films but we don't he was in how him. the west was won all right, all right, stop in... it. The point is we don't know him as a movie star, TV. That's all. Oh, so, okay. yeah. I mean, what if all you watched was Paw Patrol and uh, Smurfs 2? How the West was won? Wow. I'm fucking with you. I know but he was in Smurfs 2 and he was in Paw Patrol. So, I mean, I don't know if you're a little kid. Maybe that's how you know Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. You're not staying up late at night to watch his TV show. Anyway, go ahead. And that's in the news. Who died this week? Ah, got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the falling people, they didn't turn to dust. We lost the falling people in the entertainment industry, actually going back three weeks, but I kind of whittled it down. I don't want to go on and on, but these are the main primary people that we want to mention. Ron Massick, 86-year-old American actor. He was in Torah, Torah, Torah. Remember that movie with three exclamation marks? Leslie Jordan, Robert, is someone I never heard of. And the outpouring of love and emotion. Are you familiar with this guy? No, I don't think so. Leslie Jordan? No, yeah, Leslie Jordan, 67-year-old American actor. He's did a lot of TV, um, a few movies. Will and Grace is what he was mostly known for. He won an Emmy. He was in Love Ranch and also The Help. Um, very Wait affected. A gay. Wait a minute. So he's known for doing a lot of TV? Yeah, but he's also in Well, he should probably, he should host the Oscars. <laughs> a lot of outpouring of sympathy when he died. Douglas McGrath, 64-year-old American film director and screenwriter. 
he wrote Bullets Over Broadway uh, with Woody Allen, which I liked a lot. And uh, he also was in uh, Cafe Society. Leslie Phillips, a 98-year-old British actor, he was in the Carry On movies and also in the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. A person who we don't associate with movies, but I'm going to mention him anyway because he's quite an icon, Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm going to willing to bet that some of the songs were used in maybe opening credits or something of movies, but obviously a piano player and so on, known for a whole lot of shaking going on and great balls of fire. And of course, he married his, his 12-year-old cousin, so I certainly admire him for that. We lost Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing over your comment about why you respect Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, yeah. Hell, 12-year-old cousin? Yeah, I joined his fan club. Kevin Conroy, 66-year-old American actor, but he was known for doing the voice of Batman, the animated series. And a lot of people are into that show and mourning his loss um, as a unique, distinctive voice. And we did lose Gallagher, who was depicted, of course, in our primary movie this week. 75, this one, Robert, and remember when I sent you a text and certain people, when they pass away, like, it, it just hits you, like, really? Uh, American comedian, and uh, obviously he did do, he, here's what I want to tell you about him. His first comedy special, An Uncensored Evening, was the first comedy stand-up special ever to air on cable TV. How about that? Oh, uh, wow, really? That is quite notable for that. And, of course, with the watermelons and so on. So he's gone. Corners, corner, silver spotlight award. Not Gene Hold Hacker on one second. Wait, 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 You go so fast that I can't, I, I can't I comment on everything. Um, I'm sorry. So the, the whole thing about the, the watermelons, I mean, that, that was actually a pretty funny bit in his first special where he did that. I know where you're going. No, you don't, because I was going to talk about. Yes. I wonder if they smashed his skull. No, you no, no. You're going to talk like about that's what how you... really a, a metaphor for commercialism. Go ahead. No, I was going to say they should smash his skull if he's dead. I mean, <laughs> seems like that's the last thing that you should do. Is like, all right, well, sludgematic. No, but that's you a, actually said this a few days ago. You, we, we spoke about this a few days ago, Robert. I really liked what you said that it wasn't just shtick. That he was really making a statement about the Ronco and the the sledgematic and dices and does all this with foods, and he was mocking that with over the top shtick. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. I mean, I know. I, I, I know. it actually was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See, so, yeah, I did lose. So who gets, I who did gets the silver spotlight? Oh, okay. Yeah, you ready? Someone you never heard of, a character actor, I admire character actors, Andrew Prine, 86-year-old American actor. He did some films, The Devil's Brigade, Chisholm, he was also in V, did so many westerns, so many westerns in the 50s and the 60s. And a, a, a highly regarded character actor, so very dependable to not just phone it in, but really get in touch with the character he's portraying. And I want to tell you, he was in multiple episodes, The Fugitive playing Dr. Richard Kimball's brother, Andrew oh. Klein, dead at 86. Celebrity birthday for the week. I just got one for you. Demi Moore, 60 years old. Oh, Demi Moore. 60. Mm -mm -mm. She was hot. She was hot? She still is. She still is. You'd take her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor Bruce Willis. Hey, uh, bef before we do some top five, I have a quick question for you. 
Yeah. Okay, we're going to play the game. What was the what? name of the movie? Yeah. We're going to play the game that we always play. The, what was the, the game. what was the name? Well, let, let me finish. So there's a young woman and uh, here, I'll, re- I'll read you the IMDb uh, prompt here. A young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. She works in a like a candy store and then at the end of the movie she shows up at the guy's cabin and she shows up in like a little nurse's outfit. Oh, of course. Yeah. What's the um, name of the movie? Are you ready? Okay, I'm going to say it has three yeah. words in it. It's something like the word promising young lady. It's almost it. I'm really well, close. That's almost I? it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about that? My mind is still sharp, yeah. you know. Promising yeah, young woman, something like that. That's promising young woman. Yeah. How about that? Wow, I'm really impressed. Uh, you know, I'm Nicely quite done. a cinephile. I'm, I'm a cinephile, mm-hmm. yeah. You must mm-hmm. love movies. All right, you want to do some top five? Yeah, I love movies. Okay, and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right, our top five this week is top five. Weird movies as opposed weird to movies. weird characters. And can I, I want to bring this up as a little area of quick discussion before we get into it. Sure. I sent you a text. I said, don't you want to do weird characters? Because this weird Al Yankovic. Is the movie weird or is the character weird? And you said, well, if a movie has a weird character, it's got to be a weird movie. And I said, nah, not necessarily. And I think I mentioned a couple examples, like Silver Lining Playbook, where they're kind of eccentric, but the movie isn't weird. And Benny mm. and June, eccentric, but not a weird mm. movie. Mm, those are to me those weren't really weird characters they were eccentric i I think is the right word yeah i I agree i agree not quite weird but eccentric all right yeah but oh my god i just thought of something i bet i'm i'll give you i'll I'll give you time to change your answer if you need no i don't can't think robert i need your help on something i'm I'm stealing right now and i'm sure it's in your top five and Fuck me for not thinking of this. What was that movie we watched with producer Joey about a year mm-hmm. ago? Now, you uh-huh. know where I'm going. It was um, Asian. A lot of it took place in a school, and it was one of the most fuck. Why didn't I put? I don't. I can't think of the title, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I do. And I bet it's in your top five, isn't it? Yeah, it's in my top five. Yeah, good. I'm glad one check, of us has check, that. Check your okay. phone. <laughs> I just <laughs> it just texted it to you. There you go. Ah, yeah. The first contact. Outrageous collection of. Well, wait a minute! Don't spoil my top five. Wait, that's your top five. I shouldn't be reading this, but thank you for sending it to. Me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. All right. Here's my. Go num- I'm gonna begin. I'll go first. My number five, um, from 2016, the movie that. <clears throat> begins with a fart that makes you laugh and ends with a fart that makes you cry. I knew you were going to have that. Swiss Army Man. I know. Have you seen it? Yes, you told me to watch it. I watched it. What a weird movie. It's one of my scoops. It's so weird. Yeah. That, that's well, my number five. Dan- what do you got? What's it's, it's with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. It is? <laughs> Who also, of course, was uh, you know, the star of the movie we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Weird Al. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Yeah, that's good, Robert. That's good. I do have that down as a, a scoop. All right. My number five. Are yeah. You ready? What do you got? Yeah. Mother. I had a hard time but... with this movie, but it was certainly. <laughs> By the way, let's play the year game. The year of Mother is. Twenty seventeen. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. That was when we were doing the but we were starting out the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We should revisit um, that movie. Hmm? We what? should revisit that movie. Oh yeah, we talked about seeing it again. I'm willing to. Uh director Aronofsky. You know, you could have any Aronofsky movie and um, That's true. it would be weird. Jennifer Lawrence, and I get it intellectually that it's a metaphor, but I don't care. It's just a fucking weird movie. Okay. Okay, my number four. Yes. Is from nineteen ninety one. Um, starring, uh, oh gosh, I thought I had it right in front of me. 1991, it's a movie I don't think you've seen, and it's really hard to explain what it's about, um, because as any good weird movie would be, um, it's called The Dark Backward, and it stars, um, Bill Pullman, I'm sorry, Bill Paxton, we always get them confused, Bill Paxton, and Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson, um, and, oh, you know who else is in it? Is Wayne Newton and Laurel Flynn Boyle. <laughs> All right, it's got to be weird. And James Caan and Rob Lowe. It's Whoa. very weird. And it's a, it's about a, he has a, like a, a growth on his back that uh, Judd Nelson does that writes a lot of stand up comedy for him. And he's being encouraged by his local garbage man to get into the stand up comedy. Uh, field which is played by Bill Paxton it's it's just very surreal it's like I don't even know what the fuck is going on in this movie but it's definitely it's I mean it's worth watching once what's the title again the dark backward the dark backward got it wow okay all right what do you got my number four is a movie that you bought me and you know when you buy me a movie whether it's birthday or Christmas I want to like it a lot because there's a gift from you to me. And that really does make it special. So I watched Donnie Donnie Darko. (laughs) And I thought, am I enjoying this movie? It's really fucking weird. I have that down as my number four. Oh, by the way, the year of Donnie is. Oh, 99. No, 2001. 2001. 2001. It's got a very young Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Time-tripping, weird film. That's my number four. My number three is a movie that we've reviewed on the show before. We actually had the director of this movie on the show from 1991, Motorama. Do you remember this? This was about the weird movie about the boy who took his car and, and tries to go to all the different gas stations to get the tickets to spell motorama sure sure very oh. very weird movie yeah a lot of yeah, drew barrymore was in it right i remember yep yep drew barrymore yeah. was in it she's like on the co- cover and it makes it look like it's a drew barrymore movie but know, she's, she's only in, in it for, for now like, a, a minute and 13 seconds yeah, yeah. right yeah 
Ah, that's good. My number three is a movie uh, you turned me on to, and I watched it, and it's titled Rubber. Oh, how could I forget Rubber? You forgot Man, about I'm Rubber. Jealous. Yeah. I forgot you know, about Rubber. This was a French film in English, and uh, the year of Rubber is 20, what, 20? Oh, man, 20... 2008? 10. Yeah, 10? 20, okay. 10. Uh, a tire that kills people, and it's got, uh, it's got what, like telekinetic powers, and, and right. it's, it's a very strange, trippy, weird movie, and I liked it. Rubber's my number three. My number two is a movie from um, Matthew Barney, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he does a lot of like um, installation movies, like movies that are that play in museums. And he has a series called the Cremaster movies. And Cremaster three is so flipping weird. It's basically, I I don't have to send you a picture of what it looks like. Um, you know what? I can. I can just. I'll do the same thing. I'm going to send you a picture of what what the cover looks like. Okay. And then um, you uh, you tell me what we're looking at, right? So I just sent it. Okay. Did you get it? Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Okay. What is? Um, what are we looking at? I want to articulately describe this to our listeners. I'm seeing a um a human being with a weird head. Hat with it looks like the fist, the person's fist is shoved in the mouth with blood around the mouth. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's actually like a napkin or something that's in his mouth. I don't even know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's really disturbing. Yeah, so this character who has this giant pompous hair, uh, uh, like not hair, but like a hat on and is painted white and has blood coming out of his mouth and very odd clothing he in the movie goes to the guggenheim museum in new york you know the one that's shaped like a spiral yes and he climbs the the guggenheim like he climbs from floor to floor to floor and they apparently let him do this and in each floor there's like naked dancing ladies that celebrate that he got to the next floor it's it's surreal it's like what on earth am i watching You would love it. I never heard of this movie. I, I think I know what my Christmas present is going to be. <laughs> what do you got? What's your number two? My number two. Well, first of all, you'll appreciate this. Before I actually wrote down specific movies, I thought of directors. And obviously, I came up with names like David Lynch, Tim Burton, and uh, right. Darren Ar- Aronofsky. All three of those are known for weird movies. and But I went out of my way to include only one film. I didn't want to use the same director for two or three movies. You know what I mean? But I yeah. did go with, and I, I wrestled with it because it was mainstream. Yet it's still very weird and a wonderful Beetlejuice. Oh, good. That's a, I like that's Beetlejuice. A yeah. movie. I thought, Wait, is it that is a weird movie. movie? It's weird. It's very weird. Uh, the year of Beetlejuice is 1987. 88. Mm-hmm. 88. Always when you're up. Gina Davis, Captain O'Hara, Michael Keaton, and uh, what a trippy, wonderful romp that movie is. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, and my number one... And, and you know what? I owe you an apology. 
because I, I do feel like I stepped on your number one. I tipped my hat. I'm sorry about that. Seriously. Well, but the, the good news is that you said the Japanese name, which not too many people know it by. Um, Nasu no Mori, the first contact, otherwise commonly referred to as the Funky Forest. And yes, yes. This is the weirdest thing that has ever been put to screen. It is bizarre. It is... Um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a bunch of little, I guess, skits. Um, but it's weirder than even like Amazon Women on the Moon or, you know, something like that. Because it's... The, the skits are so... <laughs> just like disgustingly sick. And yes. I don't know. I, I don't even... There's no real words to describe a movie like this. Um, but... I showed you a little bit of it, you and, and producer Joey, and you were both horrified and <laughs> delighted and and shocked and everything. It was like, well, this is about as extreme of a movie as I can think of in terms of its weirdness. So um, definitely sitting at a, a first place by leaps and bounds, number one, Funky Forest. Oh, if I thought of that, I would have put that down, even though I couldn't think of the title. But I'll always remember that sitting on your couch, you, me, and producer Joey, and our mouths were open. I said to Joey, I said, you married him. <laughs> That's your well, husband. The whole, I, sh I just showed you uh, the scene where the guy's balls were dropped down and they were playing badminton with his, his testicles. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Very weird. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What you got? What's your number one? Okay. That's great. That's great. Okay. My number one, again, making an effort to not have the same director for multiple films and I did want to go with David Lynch, but I decided not to go with Eraserhead. That was a little too obvious. Do you know where I'm going, Robert? And it's something... Mulholland Drive. We... No. 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 Then you'll go Blue Velvet. Nope. Oh, really? You're going you're gonna to be impressed. And I'll give you a huge hint. It's a short film, and it's in black and white. A short black and white film by David oh, Lynch. Robert. Oh, yeah. yeah. What... It was called, um, yes. what? what did Johnny do? What did Jack do? What did Jack do? What did Jack do? The monkey. Black and white That's... short. And you know what? The year, I was really surprised. Take a stab. 20. 20. 20. No. So, you ready for this? 2017. Yeah. I was well, really surprised. Then they must have re released it on Netflix Afterwards. in 2020 yes. or something like yes. that. Yeah. 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 David Lynch movie, black and white short about a monkey being interrogated or doing the inter... It was weird. And you know Rotten Tomato? It's got a 93%. No. Um, go figure. Go figure. And I just thought it was... I got nothing out of the film. I thought it was David Lynch just... I think I've weird. mentioned it to you a few times, but I got to say it again. Whenever I think of this movie, I always think about... Steve Soderbergh has a rule where he only has his name in the credits one time, which is why he... You know, he's his own DP and his own editor yes. and everything else. And he makes up fake names. But David Lynch made this movie, What Did Jack Do? And his name is in the credits, I think, seven times yes. in a short black and white film. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? We know it's your film. That's the only reason why we're watching this piece of trash. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the movie, but as far as weird, I put it down for my number one. I I put it down for my I number will give one. you that. It was definitely weird. Yeah. 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 Hey, Scoops, what do you uh, got? You know, there was one movie that um, I want to, I think many people would probably argue should be on our, our weird list. It's a movie called House. 
it's a Japanese movie. There's a lot of weird Japanese movies, but it's a Japanese movie about these five or six girls that go into a haunted house. Um, it's from 1977, and they go into this haunted house, and each one of them kind of gets separated, and they get haunted separately, and it's just very very weird in much the same way as the funky forest stuff is very weird it's like part comedy part horror part just surreal experimental filmmaking and it's, it's very odd are they, are they schoolgirls? i believe they are yeah hmm. <laughs> what do you got you get, you get silent hey just let me <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I'll just let you um, go. Yeah, I know. Was that it for your scoops? Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, also, what, what? Wait a minute. I do have another one. Did yeah. you ever see El Topo? No. No. This is a 1970 film by Alejandro Jordowski. Jordowski. He was the guy yeah. that um, they were gonna have him. Originally, he was gonna direct Dune. And there's even a documentary called Jordowski's Dune. Yeah. And it was like a documentary about what his version of Dune would have been like. But he made some really weird stuff. He made that movie, El Topo. He made The Holy Mountain. His stuff is just, he's a Mexican filmmaker that's like, what what is going on with this stuff? Um, and what's the name of so, that movie? El Topo and also Topo? The Holy Mountain. Yeah. The Holy Mountain. Yeah. Hmm. He should have directed Dune. Everyone was like, um, it, "It's he's an insane choice to have directed Dune." Anyway, I keep go ahead. What do you got? That when uh, Kubrick was interested in in directing uh, AI, remember, and Spielberg ended up directing it. How different the movie would have been. Yeah. Remember? Okay. Um, here's some of mine, and I played with Edward Scissorhands. You know, I well. Now, there's another example about, is it a weird movie, or is it just a weird main character? I don't know if it would fit in the weird movie category. I played with that. This one will surprise you. The Wizard of Oz. It's a strange, trippy film. Do you see that? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, remember, buddy, also a number of months ago, we went to see that movie. What was it called? Everywhere, Every Way, All at Once. I don't, you remember that? I don't know. Did you feel like that was the weird? Okay. Well, maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have Swiss Army Man. I have Eraserhead. I have Pi being John Malkovich. Yeah, that's a good one. Hey, what about, uh, did you ever see see The Color of Pomegranates? No. Uh, 1969 movie. Um, I dated this Armenian girl and they were doing a um, a showing, a screening of it. And it's a very important film for Armenians. And it was a uh, it was a screening that they were doing in LA. And so she was like, hey, do you wanna do you wanna go see this? And I was like, Yeah, sure. I'm always down to go see something, anything. And it was it's a a, a, a film, it's a, a poetic film. So it's like visual poetry. So it doesn't make any sense. There's no narrative. It's just, it's like kind of visual, visually interesting images, but they're all culturally significant to the history of, um, of Armenia and things like that. Well, she fell asleep, but I actually 
watched the movie and was like, <laughs> this, you know, this is interesting. Um, but it was, it's very, very weird. You know, it's just, it's a lot of interesting images. And basically the only way I think of it. In the theater. Yeah, she fell asleep. In did the you gently give her a nudge or did you let her sleep? No, she was with her sister. And um, so her sister came with us. And then it was really weird because after the movie, I was like wanting to talk about it. And they were both kind of like, yeah, we got to go. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I did what I was supposed to do. I watched the movie. I paid attention. I didn't fall asleep. She was sleeping next to you. Yeah. Did your hand crawl up her thigh a little bit? Her sister was sitting next to her. I'm so not of course I did. Retracting my question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or the both of them. Wow. Wow. She fell asleep. Yeah. And you wanted to talk about the movie. Yeah. And she left. Yeah. 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 I walked walked them to their car and they were like, okay, bye. And I was like, uh, okay, I guess we're not gonna did you go out with her discuss again? the film. That was our second date, and we didn't do a third date. Hmm. But I, I, it was like, this is not going to work. You're falling asleep in your own important film. Yeah. The color yeah. of pomegranate? Yeah. Well, they're kind color of like a dark red. The seeds are red, almost purple, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a metaphor. Hey, we have a, we have a guest. We have a guest? Yeah, can you hear? Is someone in the room with you? Mm-hmm. Are we going to hear a hi? sound? If we wait long enough, we will. Okay. No. Anyway, it could be anyone, many women. Mm-hmm. Oh, is a little it... grunting. This is Sabrina. Oh, I, I thought it was Madeline. No. Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina. All right. Anyway, this this show has oh, taken wow. off a off gotten off the rails. <laughs> But, but what do you say? I'm, I'm the rudder. I steer the ship. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> All right. Well, if... Uh, uh, this is where you yeah. launch into Robert. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, if if people have some uh, some weird movies that we didn't mention... What, what should they do? They should reach out to us. How? Probably through our email. Which is? Which, Robert at antiwaypodcast.com or... And slash or Ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us to Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Yes, we are. Just like the sheer number of food parodies in Weird Al's catalog, we are all over the place. That's weird. Hey, look, I'm, I'm sick. What do you want from me? Yeah, I know. You're doing great. You really rallied, by the way. Uh, find us on Google Podcast Music. R- rate and review. Do that. And uh, find us on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on Spotify. Go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, next yes, week. Yes, sir. What do you want to do? Let's do something. I know you're not feeling well, Robert. Let me swing by. I can be there in 20 minutes. And bundle oh. up. Wear a jacket. Okay. Or wait, All do right. you have the sweats? We can like go bowling. Let's go out and do You will start feeling better spending a couple of hours with your good buddy. That sounds awful. Um, but maybe we can come snuggle. Mm, I'd like that. Yeah, and I let's get producer producer Joey a round of applause. Let's give her pomegranate. Hmm? Let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Yeah, Joey. Woo!
next week we're gonna watch what movie do you know what are we doing the talented mr ripley you know robert robert i've always wanted to see that movie i've always it's got quite a cast and it's supposed to be really a good well-made story i can't wait i'm really excited so until next time keep watching movies i will help you sort them out